This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, July 25th, 2013. I'm Caleb Brown. Just two months after revelations about the National Security Agency's broad collection of your phone call data, the U.S. House has narrowly turned back a bipartisan amendment to begin reining it in. As a baseline, the vote signals broader support than previously thought for controlling this vast, secret federal power. Julian Sanchez, a research fellow at the Cato Institute, comments. So the amendment sponsored by uh, Representatives Amash and Conyers uh, to defund the NSA's bulk phone record collection program uh, failed by an incredibly slim margin. It was a 217 to 205, so a 12-vote margin. If seven representatives had flipped, this amendment would have passed. Uh, And that's, I think, actually incredibly encouraging uh, when you consider that there are actually a lot of problems with doing uh, what they were trying to do in this way, even if you wanted to get rid of that program. So first of all, this was an attempt to, to kill an intelligence program with a rider on an appropriations bill. And so I think there were people on the Hill, it sounds like, who had qualms about that. They thought this is something like this should really be done with a, a, a proper debate about a standalone bill that could be discussed fully. Um, you know, there was some separation of powers issues because of the limitations on what you can do in an appropriations bill. Uh, there was sort of a requirement that only uh, an order containing specific verbatim language can be implemented by an agency. Uh, some people, I think, were uneasy about basically giving text that a court has to include in their orders if the order is going to be implemented. Uh, and also, I think maybe most centrally, uh, the limitation here didn't just prevent bulk orders like we've discovered the NSA is using uh, to collect all the phone records of Americans and probably quite a bit of internet metadata as well. Uh, It would have essentially prevented the use of business records orders under the Patriot Act for any record that didn't pertain directly to the subject of the investigation. And certainly without doing bulk collection, there are a bunch of legitimate circumstances in which in an investigation you might need to look at records that were not directly the records of a particular person who's the subject of an investigation, either because you don't actually know the particular person you're looking for and you're trying to, you know that Al-Qaeda is trying to get someone uh, a job at a trucking company or an airline and you want to look at the applications for jobs there, or because you're investigating one uh, group or person and are trying to figure out whether someone they're in communication with is also part of uh, their uh, their group or their conspiracy or not. There are reasons why you might want to kill bulk collection but not go this far in limiting the records authority. And so despite these problems, this was still an astonishingly close vote. The only reason this really had to be done through the appropriations process was that the leadership of, of both parties really is uh, seemingly unwilling to allow a vote on a more tailored and targeted fix to this problem of the indiscriminate collection of innocent Americans' telephone records. Now, we know that there is a way to fix this because it's been proposed in the past. In 2006, the Senate Judiciary Committee unanimously approved language that would have said uh, an order for business records under FISA, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, uh, can be issued only if uh, there's a showing to a judge that the records are A, relevant to the investigation, and B, are either records pertaining to a suspected agent of a foreign power uh, or someone in indirect communication with a suspected foreign agent or the activities of a suspected foreign agent. 
And so we know that that, that, that would actually solve this problem. This would allow uh, records to be obtained that are connected to an investigation, appropriate to an investigation, um, but it would not allow indiscriminate bulk collection. And that was not ultimately included. We know that, that it is basically because of this bulk collection program uh, that the Justice Department sort of approached in secret members of Congress and said, we've got this important program that you're going to uh, stop if you pass this language. Um, so the question is, well, now that we all know what that secret program was, and it seems as though uh, a lot of people, once the details are out, are incredibly uncomfortable with it, think that this is uh, a gross violation of civil liberties, that it goes beyond anything the government legitimately needs to be able to do to protect us from terrorism and espionage. Um, we need an honest debate and vote about that kind of targeted fix. Both sides of this were pretty bipartisan. The, the split was pretty uh, much not at all down uh, party lines. You had uh, many, many Democrats and Republicans crossing what you might expect to be uh, party lines here. But with 205 uh, voting in support of this amendment with a lot of problems, as you point out, with uh, the amendment, where it was, what it was attached to, how it was structured, some smaller details about it, and without really much discussion beforehand. What what's the next step here? Yeah, I mean, I think this just shows that the there is a, an enormous disconnect between the leadership and indeed the intelligence community and the White House, which uh, pulled out all the stops uh, to try and oppose this, uh, including uh, a secret conference uh, with intelligence leaders to try and dissuade people from voting for this. After which, uh, rather humorously. Uh, the White House then complained that the uh, this process through appropriations was not sufficiently open and deliberative. Um, I don't know what could possibly be less open than classified briefings uh, about secret court opinions that have warped the law in ways that you couldn't possibly understand by just looking at the text of the statute. Uh, and yet, there is obviously enormous uh, opposition to this program and certainly to the way this program was implemented, not through uh, you know, making the case explicitly to Congress that the NSA needs this power, but taking a power obviously intended for a very different kind of use and getting a secret approval uh, to essentially hide an elephant in a, in a mouse hole. Uh, and so what that shows, I, I think, is that there must be probably even more people who share that view but were either frightened out of supporting it, uh, you know, whipped into, into compliance by party leadership, um, or just had other reservations about doing this through appropriations. Uh, and so then I think the question is, is, uh, is the leadership just going to refuse to allow a real vote? Or are we going to have an opportunity to consider, um, you know, with real debate, um, ways that this can be modified to preserve necessary intelligence powers without giving the NSA carte blanche to sweep up all of this information about people who are obviously not even suspected of anything because it's everyone. It's all Americans. And obviously, the records of all Americans are not relevant to a terror investigation. Julian Sanchez is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.